Welcome to Into the Known, a podcast focused on helping you find the known within you. With you today are your hosts, Cindy and Lisa, and we have an incredible, I'm not going to say amazing because I always say amazing, <laughs> an incredible guest with us today. Her name is Melanie. Melanie is a lifelong medium and spiritual teacher who runs a women's psychic development program called Awakening Sanctuary where she teaches highly sensitive souls how to go from exhausted empath, I relate to that, to empowered <laughs> energy worker. And Melanie currently runs three programs for like-minded, highly sensitive souls, and they are the Empowered Empath Mentorship Program, Awakening Sanctuary, and the Awakened Spiritual Classes, which are weekly live virtual classes that explore the world of spirit and energy work. So she's a very busy lady, so we're lucky to have her here today with us. <laughs> Well, welcome, Melanie. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> yeah, here. I'm excited to have you. So a couple weeks ago, it was Melanie's birthday and Lisa and I happened to be podcasting and I was like, oh, we should have Melanie on the show. Now, this is a different Melanie than Melanie Klein. This is who lovingly is referred to in my world as TM Melanie um, because she came after the other Melanie. And then suddenly there were Melanies everywhere. And we were we were podcasting and I was like, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? She's like, best birthday present ever. And I was like, damn, okay. <laughs> and I've gotten to know Melanie for like, what, three years now, give or take? Mm -hmm. Three years. Yeah, we're in that transmedium program that I've talked about here or there, the mediumship program that I'm in. I met Melanie through that. And Melanie, can you please share your journey? Because you have a very unique journey into mediumship with a very specific you, in my opinion, unique because it's not what I've heard other. You're the only person I've heard that has this type of story. Um, okay, I'm going to stop like building it up. Can you just? I'm wondering which part is the specific <laughs> part that's different from most people, but most of it, just the way I might just be no. how you presented it. Um, but your story is different than most people's that I know. Interesting. All right. Well, let's start from the beginning then. <laughs> <laughs> so you were conceived. <laughs> conceived and um, my very first memories of childhood are of interacting with spirit and you know I, I think as a very young child you don't really have a context for that so what that translated to was that you know my parents were like look there's no monsters under your bed there's no things in your closet and I was very certain that there were because there were you know, people in there talking to me, touching me, moving things around from a very young age. And um, it wasn't until, you know, later on that I really began to develop the sense that I just perceived the world very differently than everybody around me. Um, it was something that was kind of taken as, oh, you know, Melanie, she has that wild imagination. She's just out there. And, you know, that's, that's, kind of what it was like. I felt like I was in my own little world. Um, I, I sensed a lot of things that other people didn't, like other people's emotions and kind of the highly sensitive, typical story, right? You sense other so people's emotions. More empathic than claircognate, cognitive or clairvoyant, more emotionally reading. Well, on top of seeing, hearing, yeah. and knowing different things that were going on, right? So it was, it was everything. Uh, all at once. And um, as I got older, I, I really began to believe that there was something very wrong with me because nobody could relate to or understand the world as I was perceiving it. So I really tried to make it go away for a very long time. And um, how did you, you know, try it, to make it go away? I, I kind of tried to suppress it um, in different ways. So I would kind of check out or disassociate kind of isolate from other people so I didn't have to experience all of that stuff. And as I got older, it, it became a point of being very isolated and depressed. So I went to my family and said, look, there's a lot going on here. I don't know how to handle it. And they certainly didn't know how to help me. So I was prescribed antidepressants from a very young age. And it wasn't until um, later on in my life when I came off of those antidepressants that all of a sudden... I realized that, oh my gosh, as an adult, I'm seeing, hearing, feeling, and having the same experiences that I was as a child. So that was really my journey, um, you know, around psychic development. And in that whole process, you know, growing up, I just, 
had the sense that things weren't as they seemed. And I wanted to know why I was the way that I was. And I, I remember being in the bookstore often in the metaphysical section, looking at, you know, Reiki and crystal healing and tarot and astrology and trying to find answers to why I was the way that I was. And I think I was probably about seven years old um, when that started. So I kind of had developed that in all of that information, but it wasn't really translating into being something that really helped me. So how old were you when you started to realize, oh, this is actually a skill set that perhaps could be fostered, could be trained in? I think I was about 15 when I really recognized that I was actually psychic. (laughs) Um, But it wasn't until I was probably about 24, 25, where I finally realized, wow, you know, I'm off of the antidepressants. I would like to do something with this. I want to develop it. I want to own it. I want to really be empowered by it instead of having it rule my life in a way of it being kind of out of control or something that I don't know how to manage or make sense of. So what did that look like going from you know, having this idea that you're othered in some way or something's wrong with you being prescribed medication, because part of what may, okay, so what stands out to me is your earliest memory. That's the thing that I've not heard other people talk about, as well as just how sensitive you were to the world. Like, I think so many kids, I mean, kids that I work with have turned it down so much at such a young age that your sensitivity, I feel from what you've shared personally, but also here was turned up so much that it took antidepressants to actually be able to suppress it and turn it down, which is also an interesting, you're millennial. It's also interesting because nowadays, like that's not the first go-to when somebody has these types of experiences. So that's what is unique to me, but I'm curious, like how you found mentorship, how you found teaching teachers, how you found some sort of program because like you weren't in California you weren't in the heart of areas and while you're younger than me you're not that much younger than me that everything was super available I mean the fact that you could go to the metaphysical section in the store does show like our age difference because when I was seven that was definitely not part of the bookstore and definitely wasn't a part of the bookstore actually when I worked at the bookstore um it was all filed under um self-help in all honesty and maybe there would be like a small no there was never a metaphysical part honestly I can still remember both layouts of the bookstores So you weren't even in like a mecca of like spiritual development because you weren't in California, you weren't in Sedona. So how did you find, how did you find like-minded people? So when I got out of, you know, living at home in Ohio, in Cleveland, Ohio of all places, which definitely I would say is not (laughs) a spiritual mecca of any sort. You know, every time I go back there, I'm like, wow, it's, it's a wonder that I was able to do anything or have any anything turned on in that space. It, you know, it was just a seeking. It was a knowing, it was an intuiting. And I found myself drawn to places where they were doing Reiki circles and sound baths and tea ceremonies and full moon ceremonies. And I had moved out to Florida at the time and found myself in spiritual communities and started really training in and dabbling in those areas with, you know, Reiki and things like that. And It wasn't until I moved to Boulder, Colorado, which let me tell you, I pulled a tarot card. Mm. I pulled a tarot card because I knew it was time for me to leave uh, Florida. And I had gone to Portland and to Boulder, Colorado. And both places, you know, I, I was getting a lot of different signs from spirit in both places. And it wasn't until I landed in Boulder that I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. So one day I'm out walking and I see this school. And it was a psychic school and I went in and they were doing orange chakra healings and I sat down and I received an orange chakra healing and it blew my mind. It was the moment that I realized like, oh my God, I've been searching for something to fix me, something that makes sense, something that was the same language of like what I was interacting with that just clicked and something about that just clicked for me. And I went full force into that school. I started training there. I ended up working there for a little while and that's kind of how I made my way in. That's, that's really cool. Do you have a favorite modality? I've never asked you this before. You know, I think psychic energy work is my favorite modality. 
Um, it's just an all-encompassing way of kind of looking at all of the different aspects of what is going on for somebody. And it's just, there's something about it that's just really magical. You can create such a huge shift in such a small amount of time and see somebody in a way that oftentimes people don't get to be seen without that type of awareness, that hello to a soul without having to know them or understand what they've been through. It's, it's something that's such a deep connection. Um, I don't know that there's anything else really like it. So I, I really prefer psychic energy work to everything that I've learned. And I prefer psychic energy healing techniques, which is kind of what, you know, the three of us do and are familiarized with. And my preference is to do transmedium work. So that's out of body channeled work. Let's just dive in there. Sorry, Lisa. I've got so many questions. And I also, unfortunately, Lisa has a sore throat. So I also want to be mindful of making my talk. Can I just say one thing? I just want to reiterate this for the readers. (laughs) Because I think this is a really important thing from your story. Is that when you have, it's almost like a, it is a mock-up, right? You wanted to learn and you, you found a way. You know, I grew up in Pennsylvania. It was not a Mecca either. (laughs) Sorry, ladies. I grew up in Northern California and I am 20 minutes from Berkeley. I know. Sorry, not sorry. Right. But I found the way, right? Like when you put that intention out there in the world and say, I want to learn this thing, it will find you like you or you will find it, you know, either way. So I just wanted to. I wanted, I actually, I wanted to tag on to that because I was going to share that a couple of weeks ago, we did an interview with um, Lisa's long-term friend, Dawn, and we talked a lot about fate or destiny. And while you obviously have not heard the episode, Mel, um, we were discussing, you know, are we fated? Are we destined? So I'm just curious in your, before we jump into the transmediumship, which I'm so excited for, because I don't talk about it on here very often. Do you feel like you were fated and destined or... Because we, we all kind of landed on like mock-ups and agency and sovereignty because I was part of the call, obviously. And that's where I live. But do you feel like it was a mock-up like Lisa just said or a little bit more of like a fate and destiny or somewhere in between or something else entirely? From my understanding of energy work and being where I am now in my training, I understand that time is not as linear as we believe it to be. And I find myself looking back on my lifetime in different areas where I felt really lost and guiding myself. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, you know, people get that push or that, you know, sense or that intuition about something. And, you know, for the longest time, I, I didn't know what that was, but I knew how strongly it felt. And going back and being in those spaces where I felt that push in the, in my lowest lows, that's where I go. Okay. I've literally been guiding myself along this path this whole time. And I've just hadn't brought my awareness to it. So sometimes people, you know, talk about that higher self or that connection with, you know, your greater consciousness. And I think that's kind of a piece to, you know, being on that path. And whether that's fate or destiny or something else, I I don't know that I could really put a word to it, but it's the, this inner knowing about what gives you that deep sense of fulfillment and enjoyment in life. And from the longest time I could really recall, I've just always been connected to that sense of magic, you know, something really magical about the human experience and something beyond what our society kind of lets us believe we're capable of. And, you know, in media, it's very popular, it's very fantasized, but there's such magic to being able to have these tools and really shift your awareness and your ability to create change and Uh, guide yourself. And I think for me, when I kind of look at it, it's, it's part that, you know, knowing that I've been in a way guiding myself along my path. And I think some of it is, you know, knowing before you come into this lifetime, what you're here to do. I love that. I think I've just been, you know, trying to do it the whole time. And I was like, how can I make this as difficult as possible? (laughs) (laughs) So that I can help as many people as I can. Because I I really went through a lot of stuff, a lot of really hard stuff, as we do as human beings, you know. And I think there's such a difference between, you know, this is the example I give people all the time, a good therapist versus a bad therapist. A good therapist is somebody who has had problems and had struggles and knows what it's like firsthand to struggle. 
And a bad therapist is the person that studied it from the book and never had a single issue in their life. They can give you that known information about how to treat you or how to handle you or how to support you, but they don't know. And I think that a lot of my early journey was really getting familiarized with all of the things that the people that I was here to help could possibly be going through. (laughs) So the lived experience weighs a lot for you. Mm -hmm. It does. That's fair. That's fair. I have so many more questions, but let's jump into transmediumship. So (laughs) that's your favorite, that's your favorite modality within psychic energy tools right now. So for our audience at home that has probably either heard it a thousand times or never before, can you go ahead and explain what transmediumship is? Transmediumship is the out-of-body awareness of psychic energy work, and it's putting yourself into a trance state to view any situation or energy from a third-person point of view from out of the body, and it allows you to move energy from out of the lived human experience and out of the physical pain and sensation and memory and story of what was going on. And a lot of stuff can move and shift a lot faster in that space because you're kind of transcending the need to be in the processing of that pain or of that situation. And um, I just think it's really a magical space when you can help somebody kind of move stuff out from that place where they don't have to relive or reprocess or re-engage with the story of that problem and then help them come back in in a totally different energy into their life. So in that space of transmediumship, so we, I don't know, Lisa, was it this season or last season that we did a whole episode on mediumship? Because I honestly don't remember. This one? one. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. My memory Mm -hmm. is so shot. It's not even funny. We're on brand. (laughs) (laughs) All good. Ace, who like does a lot of the back end stuff. He he was working on some episodes for that come out soon, and he was like, this, this, or this. And I was like, this. And he's like, that's not what this says. And it was this back and forth about, like, what episode. And he had a little bit of a mini, like, meltdown for a second. And then today I'm like, where's this one thing? So, yeah, I'm not in my body is, is a really <laughs> great way to describe where I'm at today. My, my question with the transmedium piece, um, can you speak a little bit about – Okay, where do I want to go? I want to ask about mediumship and like defining mm-hmm. mediumship because we have a lot of questions about that, which I think is what Lisa was going to ask. I'm just reading her picture. And mm-hmm. then I'm curious about the channeling piece that comes into the mediumship. So wherever you want to go or Lisa jump in. For me, it's sort of what's the difference? Like we have TM, we have channeling, we have mediumship. Like, are they all the same? Are they? Different? How are you? How are you defining them? Yeah, how do you? Or define your them? your definitions. It doesn't have to be universal. I, yeah, I think that society's definition of a medium is somebody who talks to dead people, and it's been so popularized in our society that you know the Long Island medium, you know mm-hmm. this medium, that medium. They're always this. Our like, episode we... that comes out tomorrow is about psychics and pop culture. So <laughs> throw that out there. Now everyone knows when we went ahead and recorded this. Love that. So. You know, it's it's just so popularized in our society that that is what a medium is. And a medium is, to me, somebody who is somebody that is aware of spirit and interacts with spirit and traverses through both worlds fluidly. Um, that can include speaking to dead people. And as I've told people multiple times, if I were to just sit here and talk to dead people all day, I'd do nothing other than talk to dead people (laughs) because there's a lot of dead people that knock on my door. But, you know, everybody, I think, as medium specializes in a specific area and people tend to get a lot of press for being a medium that talks to people who have transitioned or are on the other side. To me, a medium is somebody who is aware of the spirit world and sees and interacts with energy or perceives energy and is able to move it, shift it, change it. Um, in the context of you know transmediumship, somebody who is performing a transmedium healing or kind of in the transmedium space is somebody who's in a trance state, not facilitated by any drugs, number one, because a lot of <laughs> Very important part. Mm -hmm. (laughs) More of a tuning into a specific frequency of energy so that you can connect more with your own soul essence in a way and your own spiritual information. And by running that frequency of energy through your body, you're able to kind of come up out of the body just as a spirit and view things from that third person point of view, that kind of bird's eye point of view. Channeling is a little bit different in that when you're channeling, you're bringing a different energy into your body 
to do healing or reading or whatever they're doing. And there's a lot of really unhinged channeling in our world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to, you want to, you want to talk about intentional right. channeling or are you just talking about channeling in general? Cause we've talked about both. There's a lot of channeling in general. I think a lot of people are very ungrounded and kind of in that space of being a little out of their body since COVID. It just seems everybody's a little more unhinged nowadays, but you know, in the sense of, mediumship and channeling, there's a lot of information out there for people about, you know, open yourself up, become an empty vessel, bring in whatever energy is there, become it. And it, it's not done from a space of really being able to see the dynamic of what's going on in that space or having a really clear agreement with that energy. And thus, you know, I oftentimes end up working with people who have done a lot of channeling without any psychic training who aren't able to really separate from the Mm -hmm. things that they're bringing in and they really lose themselves or they lose their certainty or they get spun out or they can't find any clarity in life. And it becomes kind of a diluted sense of um, living and existing. And there's such a game in the channeling industry of people giving away all of their certainty and validation to whatever being is coming through that the person who is channeling that specific being over and over and over, they're not really getting validated in their experience. It's really the being that's getting all of the accolades. So um, in a conscious mediumship, transmediumship state, ideally you're working with a being that you have a very conscious agreement with. You're very clear on what that being is doing and what it's allowed to do. And you're able to really separate from that energy. And that's not something you can learn in a six-week course. It's something that takes practice. (laughs) So if you see something that's like, in six months, you will be a master channeler. Come learn how to bring in all of these crazy energies and channel the Galactic Federation of Light. Run. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that's true for any, like, quote-unquote, mastery of psychic skill set. Anybody that's like, you can master this and some... Unreal. Like, would you master math in that amount of time? Like, that's kind of my my go to and going back to your comment about therapists and like the lived experience, like there is also with channeling the lived experience piece of becoming aware and conscious, like the program Melanie and I are in is five years and we'll both end at the end of 2024. And we did several years of training before that to become aware of even how to see energy and get into our bodies. <laughs> For me, it was a minimum of a 14 month program prior. Oh, no, 14 plus six. So 20 month program prior to being able to go into this program. I don't know about for you if you had the it same was length. Two, it was a two year. Yeah, ours is weird. It was weirdly 20 months. I don't know if it still is. Um, But it's not like you just kind of go in. And I actually do know somebody that didn't complete all of the training that I went through and didn't go through what we refer to as the six-month grad program and went into a transmedium program. And it was very problematic for a variety of reasons. But all of this is to say this isn't something you just do in the weekend. Like, it's it's not like learning... I never learned Reiki, but I know a lot of them are like weekend trainings. It's not something you learn in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. When you are working with clients, do you enjoy channeling? I do. I think it's a beautiful way to kind of step out of my perception of what is happening to get a second po- point of view and a second opinion. And sometimes it's just really nice when you're working with somebody who is coming to you because they have had a lot of very similar lived experiences as you. And you can recognize that, oh, I'm seeing a lot of myself in this person and my viewpoint on what might be of help is kind of biased because I'm hitting a lot of what we would call matching pictures, right? I'm hitting a lot of stuff that would have me kind of match and go into recognizing my own lived experience and to kind of step out of that space and either go into a trance space or to bring in another energy to heal allows me to get a totally different perspective on what could be of help to that person. Can you share a little bit of what it feels like to be in that channeled space from your perspective? You and I have had some different and some very similar experiences. Um, So I'd love for you to share a little bit about what it feels like for you. Yeah. So in a channeled space? Yeah. So channeling can be a very different experience. There's a lot of different sensation that can go on during that state. And oftentimes it's 
you know, the first step is kind of getting up into that trance state, which more or less feels like you're high. It feels like you're running a vibration through your body that kind of relaxes your body. It makes everything feel really smooth. It kind of brings you into the space of like trancey relaxation. Um, you know, once I'm out of the body and channeling, it's, you know, I'm starting to notice what the energy of what I'm bringing in is. And that can be a weight that can be the sensation of a new level of lightness and expansion that can be this level of like unconditionally loving, trusting. I don't know. It's like, I want to point out that the way in which Melanie is describing this is a reflection of how con conscious she is while she channels, because the majority of people that we take classes with would not be so articulate. And to be able to be this articulate, you have to be that conscious out of your body still connected to your body, but giving up some part of yourself, the crown chakra and the fifth chakra mostly, so that you are, you know, able to see what's going on. Because Mel, the way that you're describing it, I'm like, damn, I'm just going to sit in the corner of the room and watch what's going on and couldn't tell you five <laughs> things that were happening in my body unless it's wanting to move my mouth weirdly, in which case maybe I should pull it out. So I just want to, I want to point out and like have you celebrate for a moment that consciousness you have around channeling. And, you know, it's not that I'm, you know, fully oh, 100% no. clued into everything that's going on because, you know, as soon as I bring that being in, they are working on somebody else. I'm observing what they're doing. I'm observing what's happening and lighting up in my body energetically. I'm watching what they're working on and communicating with them as well as communicating telepathically with the person that's being worked on. If I see something light up in the person's space that that being's not working on, I kind of like point at it and I'm like, hey, can you go over there? Or if I start, my body starts to get really lit up, I'm like, hey, can you give me a hand and help me move that energy? Or I'll kind of heal myself while I'm in that out of body space. And, you know, there's been times where I've brought an energy in and it is sent me to the other side of the universe. I distinctly <laughs> remember several times coming up into that space just to find that vibration of transmediumship and being taken somewhere else to a totally other side of the universe, to another dimension, to another scenario. And that's oftentimes what I'm talking about when I say bringing in another energy can help when you're hitting those matches. Because I find that that happens a lot when I've had a lot of past life karma with that person. I just get thrown into that past life karma. And I'm like, I don't know where I am, but we're at war. This crazy <laughs> thing is going on. And here's Saturn. <laughs> is that Saturn? I don't know. And, you know, it can also be that state of, you know, disorientation because you're out of the body. But in that practice, the reason why it's a five-year program is that you find yourself in those spaces and you find how to take yourself out of that space when you get totally tossed to a totally different dimension or wherever wormhole I was in, in those several different experiences. <laughs> I think many people's fears around channeling is not being able to get back in the body. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I think we probably all three have experiences where we're like, I need to get back in my body and I don't know how to. Mm -hmm. Do you find that that ha happened a lot when you first went into the program, happened a lot throughout your life? You've kind of mastered that at a young age, and so it doesn't happen. Or when it does happen, it's like a really blatant, this is a silly response to this. But how does that happen work for you, if at all? I think for a very long time when I was much younger, I was very in and very able to get into the body and very able to get out. And thus, I was able to consciously kind of be aware of all the spiritual things at the same time. And as I got older, and it was really kind of reiterated that there was something wrong with the way I was experiencing the world and expressing and feeling about things. I feel I think that pain really lit me up in a way where I kind of left, um, you know, checking out disassociating, taking antidepressants, all of those things kind of kicked me more out of my body. So when I found clairvoyant training, it was more of a sense of yeah, I'm definitely out of my body and I need to figure out how to get in. And I don't know that I was really able to get in to my body in a way that felt really consistent until about the last few years. And it's not that I don't get kicked out and it's not that I, you know, don't 
have those moments where I'm like, wow, I've lost several hours and I have no idea how I lost several hours. Um, it's more that I can start to recognize when I'm hitting that energy that would kick me out and I'm a lot more neutral to it. And I can go, oh, I am starting to go into that trance state. I'm starting to leave my body. Why am I doing that? What, what energy is in my space? What is this that's lit up or what is this that's pulling me out? So I, I've just become a lot more conscious of that dynamic surrounding getting kicked out. And before it was like, you know, oh no, I'm kicked out of my body. I can't find my grounding. I can't find my center of head. I, I don't know which way is up or down. I'm confused. And now it's like a, just a, a recognizing of it in a very neutral or amused state. It's more of like, oh, there's somebody who's messaging me. And now I can feel my crown starting to shift and I'm starting to kind of drift out of my body. Huh, what is that? Oh, that's funny. Every time they message me, I just, I want to float away. <laughs> obviously an energy there. <laughs> Love that. Love that. I want to go back to two things that you said earlier. One, you mentioned kind of everybody has their niche within mediumship. How do you view your niche? You know, I think that my niche is really working with people that are highly sensitive, that have had experiences with spirit or have just felt completely different and isolated by their sensitivity towards the world and the way that they perceive the world. And I really like to work with people that have lost that sense of certainty and empowerment and, you know, view of where their path is because of that. Whether that's societal programming or lived experience, um, it's just more you know, kind of what I experienced through my journey and in teaching people and working with people one-on-one -on -one and having these different spaces, I really get to work with people to help them find their certainty and find their answers and find their truth and regain that sense of their path. And that's really where I see my niche. Um, I, I do oftentimes laugh because people will refer to me, people that they've been working with professionally that they don't know what to do with them. <laughs> so I've kind of become the person that people like refer out to when they're like, okay, this person's tried everything and now they're you for there for you. <laughs> they need a I mean, I've definitely sent you clients that I'm like, I can't help them anymore. So I totally get that. And like it's it's usually like, oh, there's a really good strong match here for Mel and I don't have a match and I sure as hell don't have the patience. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, I, I really like that because I, I feel like my journey was very much that. I tried so many things that did not help me. And it wasn't until I found this work that I was like, oh, now I can help people that have been in that space. I, I do really prefer to work with people that have had some prior experience in the world of spirit or interest in the world of spirit. But I kind of just, I, I just kind of love people in general, so. Things I will never say. <laughs> I had the craziest experience the other day. We need to hear it. Okay, so people just find me. And I had this woman who had booked a discovery call with me who gets on. And she's, you know, she gets on the Zoom. She's an elderly woman. And she's like, hello. I'm like, hi, how did you find me? She's like, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know how I found your link. I, I don't remember how I found you. And I'm like, okay, well, my name is Melanie. I'm a lifelong medium and spiritual teacher. Does, is that starting to ring a bell? And she's like, you know, my entire life, I've had these spiritual experiences and nobody has been able to validate them for me. And, you know, she's really showing me this picture of getting ready to leave the body mm. and wanting to kind of reconcile that. And, you know, we kind of spoke for a while and, you know, we got off the call and I just was like, wow, I have no idea how she found me. She has no idea how she found me. I'm impressed that she was even able to use the Zoom link because she divulged that she was 80 years old. And wow. mind you, my dad is in his 60s and he cannot copy and paste. <laughs> and... That is kind of the magic of this work, right? The people that need what you offer, they find you. Mm -hmm. The other question I had, we're just, we're going to go down rabbit holes. You had mentioned that if you sat around and just talked to people that were dead all day, you would never go anywhere. Now, I don't, 
I don't won't speak on behalf of Lisa. I'm not constantly sitting around looking at spirits without bodies. In fact, I'm very much like uh, we're turning that off because I don't really <laughs> love it. However, and I am using a little bit of my experience and knowingness of you. I do think you have a very mm, specific, unique, strong relationship with the with the dead. And so I'm curious, has that been the case your entire life? And do you recognize that that is part of what is unique in your niche of mediumship? And if not, now you need to know that that's part of your unique <laughs> niche of mediumship. Okay? Well, you know, it's... It's something that I do and that I have had access to for some time. And, you know, one of my, again, first experiences with spirit in that way was when my grandmother passed when I was nine. Uh, She came and sat on my bed and touched me with her icy cold hand. (laughs) And um, then she haunted me for several nights. (laughs) But... But um, it was it was more that that was always there and I was able to hear that communication and see spirit in that way. And I at some point had to set that boundary and say, look, I have other human alive things that I have to do, like cook my food and do my laundry and meet with people and teach classes. I can't be talking to you at all hours of the day. And I eventually had to set that boundary after my other set of grandparents passed because they would just show up in the car. They would show up when I was sitting on the toilet. They would show up in the shower. They would show up when I was, you know, getting ready to be intimate with my partner, just standing over me. And I'm like, all right, guys, the show is over. (laughs) You did not pay an entrance fee. I'm like, I know that you don't mind that I'm sitting on the toilet right now and that you probably think this is pretty funny, but... What do you think, like, why do they, like, I'm always curious, like, man, when I'm out of here, I'm out of here, right? Like, I'm not sticking around. So Mm -hmm. I'm just always so curious, like, why, why, in your opinion, you like, why were they Mm -hmm. sticking around? Yeah, I think that when you don't have the ability to kind of work the energy or move Mm -hmm. through the things that you're kind of stuck on in, in the, the life that you've had, you do hang out to kind of close or resolve those things. And, you know, when my grandparents passed, my whole family kind of decided to go to war with each other and blow up. So it was more like they were consistently coming to me to be like, can you please tell so-and-so that it's not Mm. very nice to argue? Mm, Okay. I got you. (laughs) Can you you take a look at this thing or, Hey, I'm just going to knock on your door because it's about to be your birthday. And I just Mm. wanted you to know I love you, you know, and um, it's, it's more of, I think, trying to resolve that, that energy that they're stuck in or trying to move past. And the way that my grandmother explained their perception out of the body is that it's almost like everybody that you love and care about is in a big room on the astral mm-hmm. all of the time. And anytime one of us in a body thinks about them or misses them or wants to talk to them, it's almost just like we're in the same room on the astral plane and they're tuned into that and they can just turn around and be there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how she explained, you know, being connected to everybody and able to still interact with everyone. Mm-hmm. So that was my perception of it, at least my limited human perception of it. You know, I think a lot of it is they're they're kind of trying to reclaim some of the energy that we're holding on to in their mm. memory. As well, so. Yes, that I can see for sure. Yeah. I was very close with my grandparents and I, I just felt more cared for by them Mm -hmm. than my you know parental upbringing so I really was clutching that Mm -hmm. (laughs) grandma's essence I want that chicken noodle soup (laughs) holding on to it and she was just like okay well I see that you are not busy right now you're sitting on the toilet and (laughs) that's the thing that I want (laughs) also things people have fears of are watching them at the weirdest time well they do they absolutely do so you have to be able to set boundaries so you know, circling back to the beginning of this before I just started being obscene, um, it's more that, you know, if I were to just sit around and be completely open to that all the time, it would be just nonstop. Mm-hmm. Do the recently deceased come to you? We had our friend Lisette on and she has an affinity towards the recently past wanting 
support when it is an unknown outcome as to what happened. Or oftentimes she finds out people have passed before everyone else has found out. Does that happen to you often? It does. <laughs> Do you have interest in like developing that and working with like law enforcement and whatnot? Or is that not of interest? You know, I've actually been interested in that. It's just that I feel like right now my calling is more in empowering women and less in that space. I don't feel that my gift to society in general is to really focus in those areas. Although I do absolutely get blasted as soon as somebody leaves the body, they immediately jump right into my space and are like, what is happening? Hello, can you see me? And oftentimes I'm like, I don't know who you are. Here is where you need to go. I'm pretty sure this is this is you and you have left the body and everything's going to be fine. I also find that, you know, once they've had that service for their burial or for their funeral, oftentimes they're able to take a step after that where they're less stuck. But it's in that moment where they're there at their service that they're like really able to gather their energy. Everybody's crying and releasing that energy. <laughs> they're like, That's such a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take my next step. Um, they're there listening and laughing at all the people and perceptions that they had of them in their lifetime. And um, I think, you know, maybe in the future, I would really enjoy doing that. But uh, for right now, I just really feel my teaching space is so nurturing for me. So yeah, you bring up, oh, sorry, yeah. you bring up a yeah. really good point about um, we do a terrible job of preparing ourselves for <laughs> the next step death wise. Literally right? the one to one program. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 But you know, the general populace is not, no, they're, they have, they don't have the tools to, so I can see how like people can get stuck. Yeah. I think people get really stuck on the fact that they, their body passes and they're still there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hold on. (laughs) I'm not just a meat robot. (laughs) (laughs) What is going on here? I know. It goes back to what I say all the time. Like you are more than, more than. (laughs) (laughs) So my last, my last question or area of interest of, of hearing is about what you're teaching. Neither Lisa nor I are actively teaching right now. And when I do teach, it's basically a tarot and that's it. Um, Can you share a bit? Because I know a lot of people that are interested in learning more about different programs. So what are you doing? What does that look like? What is the commitment? Doesn't need like time commitment. Don't care about the financials. Yeah. So I currently run a Wednesday class, which is a live virtual Zoom class. Um, It's called The Awakened Spirit. And in those classes, we explore all of the spiritual buzzword topics um, in a space where you're starting to learn psychic energy work tools and being able to start to see energy and really own your energetic space. And that's, you know, grounding and becoming familiarized with your aura and starting to develop those psychic abilities in a space that's held um, around specific topics. So, you know, we've done a few really fun ones like the first one that I ran was a spoon bending class. Um, We we also did um, a series on empowerment, a series on the pillars of happiness, um, how to really find that joy and alignment in the world. We're going into manifesting your dreams. This past one was surviving the holidays as a highly sensitive soul. Um, In January, it's going to be money and uh, money and abundance magic. So mixing in a little bit of ritual work into that space but it's a really nice way to kind of put your get your foot in the door around psychic energy work and see what it's about and start to kind of adventure in that realm and it's in a space where everybody's highly sensitive everybody has had kind of that empath experience and they just get it so it's a nice space to be able to connect with other people who are kind of going through the same things because I know it's really hard when you're out there and you're talking about what you're experiencing or seeing and nobody else knows what you're talking about and they think you're nuts. (laughs) Um, So those are every Wednesday. And 
I also run a women's intuitive training program called Awakening Sanctuary, and it is psychic development classes, somatic embodiment classes, the awakened spirit classes, and bi-weekly healing clinics. It's become kind of a full school. So you're getting the psychic training, but you're also getting access to you know, exploring different spiritual topics. I call it esoteric exploration, um, learning how to really get into the body and regulate your nervous system because there's so many programs out there that only focus on the spiritual development and they really leave the body behind. And if we're not able to really address what our body needs or tune into it, we're kind of missing a really big piece of the puzzle. So that's a beautiful offering. And um, as kind of a support in all that space, I run like a bi-weekly healing clinic where you can come in and get a healing and there's one-to-one mentorship in that space. So we do meet within the course of the 18 month program to work one-to-one on what you are particularly working on. So it's, it's a little bit different than a virtual space where they, you know, sign you up and you're in a big group and then they send you on your way or it's all pre-recorded. There are recordings of classes, but you know, it's like if you want to go back and study it, or if you want to have a reference for something, you can have that class archive. But yeah, that's mostly what I've been up to, aside from, you know, one-to-one sessions and all that kind of stuff. So with your Wednesday night class, is that just like drop in or is that like you're committed for X amount of classes? Yeah. So Wednesday classes are um, every Wednesday and I just have it set up as a monthly subscription. So They subscribe for $55 a month and can come to as many as they want. They get access to the class archive and to replays. There's a Telegram channel that they can join to be a part of the community discussion and to get notes from classes. Um, So that's kind of how that's situated. With Awakening Sanctuary, it's an 18-month-long psychic training program for women. And it all kind of starts in foundations where we teach you the foundational tools, what we use to develop and own your psychic abilities and your sensitivity. Is that rolling curriculum and rolling enrollment or does it start like X at X time? So we only run the foundations program once every six months. So we're currently starting our next round of foundations tomorrow. Nice. The 28th. So nice. I really knew this was recorded. And <laughs> it is, we won't be starting another one until spring of 2024. Oh, awesome. So people can, if they want that, they can hold out and we're not messing up a timeline for anyone. No, you're not messing up the timeline and people can enroll through December because we'll have all of those pre-recorded classes that they can get caught up in. We don't really need people to be there live until we get into more of the clairvoyant in-depth training. I love it. So I don't have any more questions. Lisa, do you have any questions? You said we. Do you have a co-teacher with you? Or yeah, I do have a co-teacher. So my co-teacher is my friend Olivia Ray Cramblett. We've actually met at the same time as um, Sydney and I met. I yeah, had left nice. the school that I was working at and I started in the program that all three of us met in, in the Transmedium five-year extended program. And the first class that I was in, I, you know, I kind of lost my community when I left the space that I was in and I was on a like three-way call with the two of them. And I was like, here, take my number really quickly. (laughs) And, you know, the the clock was running out or about to be put in the main room. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is my number. And then they gave me their number. And like, as soon as I got the numbers, the phone just went, you know, and I was Mm -hmm. back in the main room and I was like, I hope I got the right number. And I got (laughs) to both Cindy and Olivia and mm-hmm. it's funny because you know they ended up being two people that I really connected with and have been hugely supportive in me and my journey and the building of my business and just in general amazing people yes um, I agree thank you I didn't realize she was in the room that day I couldn't have told you who was in the room with us that day I just mm-hmm. remember I was in the room I'm in currently in my office 
And you, whoever you were doing the exchange with had bounced and our teacher dropped you in and was like, hey, you've got a third person. She just started this week, but she's not new. And then you and I had connected because you were curious about where I had trained. And I remember it was a Saturday afternoon and I was like, I have to talk to this woman, Melanie. I don't know anything about her, but okay, I'll tell her my story. And I remember sitting in my living room, like chatting with you. And then that opened up to me forcing you to buy Stardew Valley for your Switch, which I do see that you've been playing lately for the I have been playing it yeah <laughs> it's gotten cold and I've just needed a little extra comfort we need life. cozy gaming it's necessary <laughs> in life I like I like legitimately was like I need you because you were like me and you will hyper fixate I need you to get this game <laughs> I can't gift it to you but I Venmoed you the exact amount you need and when I say that I hyper fixated on it, I have hyper fixated. And every time I go back in, it's like a crack addiction. It is mm-hmm. such a crack addiction. It's worse than your tunnel visioned into just upgrading your little farm and doing the little journeys. And when I say, you know, this is like early coping mechanism stuff for me. So when I find myself in that space, I'm like, okay, like I just, I obviously need to meet some sort of need here. And this is fine for right now. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's not you know, work the energy around it. <laughs> Don't and just keep playing it for two years straight exactly, and get other games exactly. and go like, I'm always going back to this one game and then <laughs> contemplate getting a Steam Deck because you want to play the mods and you refuse to buy a PC, just saying. It's a rabbit hole. Anyway, now that we've devolved into talking about cozy gaming, how do people find you, Melanie? You can find me on Instagram at underscore awaken.spirit. You can find me online on my website. My personal website is melanieshere.com. My women's intuitive training program website is awakeningsanctuary.com. And I'm also on YouTube. It's at awakened.spirit. Nice. And obviously, we will have the links, if I remember, in the resources of this, in the notes of this. Otherwise, I absolutely follow her on Instagram. I believe Lisa follows her on Mm -hmm. Instagram. And you can find her there. And Melanie, thank you so much for joining us today. This was really, it was really great to get such a different perspective on mediumship and to Mm -hmm. hear your journey. Because again, I stand by, I think your journey was unique. And to everyone else, thank you so much for joining us today. If you have that friend that you think is a medium or that you think would benefit from hearing what Melanie has shared with us today, please feel free to share that with us. You can email us and let us know what you thought of the episode at cindy at intothenown.com, C-Y-N-D-I at intothenown.com. You can find Lisa on Instagram at Insight and Harmony, and you can find me at Energetic Ethnographer. That's right. We have changed the Instagram handle for now. Until next time, enjoy the wonder.